Welcome to She Critiques, where we discuss the new, the old, all things cinema. I'm Mercedes, television producer, certified reviewer, and all-around movie buff. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Oh my goodness, the music in Summer of Soul fills my soul. If you haven't seen Questlove's directorial debut film, Summer of Soul, you are missing out. It is, mm, it just, it's one of those feel goods, you know, Nina Simone and Stevie Wonder and, you know, clearly Questlove, he said he stumbled on the archives of video footage of this beautiful festival in Harlem where all of these amazing iconic artists were uh, performing live and he did an amazing job just stringing together beautifully these artists and making a film which he got an Oscar for so come on now I fell in love with the film I fell in love with the music there's almost because I guess Quest is you know, a drummer and he plays these instruments. There's a rhythm to this film. Like as if he, you know, he just laced it together so beautifully and there's a rhythm and a cadence to it that is, is, uh, you know, unmatched. So please check out Summer of Soul on Hulu and listen to this conversation with director Questlove. Questlove Mercedes here. Uh, She critiques out of Atlanta. Uh, congratulations on your direct directorial debut, first of all. Thank you. Um, I heard you say in another interview that you kind of structured the editing to have like a rhythmic pace to it or a rhythmic mm-hmm. undertone. And I'm just wondering if there was anything else like unconventional that you tried just putting your fingerprint on this film that's woven. You know, it's weird. I I I didn't think I thought this was normal. Like I don't I'll say that maybe towards the very end that I realized how uh, risky it was for us to present it this way. Cause you know, in the very, very beginning, um, I was inspired by, you know, when I took the assignment, Aretha Franklin's uh, Amazing Grace had just come out. Sidney Polak's uh, uh, documentary of Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace. And the fact that he did it without context whatsoever, I thought that was a really odd choice, but mid film, I actually felt like I was in the room with them. Like, I feel like I was sitting next to the Rolling Stones in the Deacon pew watching it. And even though I knew there were stories behind it, like, you know, Bernard Purdy talking about uh, James Cleveland losing his mind because one of the Rolling Stones parked in this parking spot or some, you know, there's like a lot of drama that was happening there at the time that I would have liked to know, you know, kind of the podcast nerd in me wanted to know the the intricacies of it all. But um, it really wasn't until there was a moment in watching Stevie Wonder's performance where Stevie Wonder comes from that Motown school of complete entertainment. So there was one thing I couldn't explain to people, even if they caught it a little bit. But Stevie Wonder and his... uh, and his uh, musical director, Gene Key, they kind of have this like little vaudeville uh, kind of Abbott and Costello, Three Stooges skit thing going on where like, you know, Gene was the bad guy and Stevie was the good guy and they're always ranking and joking on each other on stage. 
And so there's a moment in which Gene talks about the moon landing because the moon landing happened at the exact time that Stevie gets on stage and they kind of joke about it. And then I heard the audience booing. And then it was sort of like, whoa, whoa, wait, what's that? And, you know, because of my time in this world, later in 77, 78, 79, like I was taught in class that that was to be celebrated. And that was, you know, they already did the revisionist thing in my elementary school about the moon landing. Um, so I didn't realize that there was that much disdain for the moon landing. And once we did research and it took us about like four to five months to find that footage of them at the Harlem Cultural Festival interviewing people about it. Then that's when we knew like, okay, we, we really got to open the doors and get other things that we might have questions about, like allow commentary in. And I worried for a second, like, is this going to interrupt the musical flow or is there a way to make that work? And I'll, you know, I'll say again, like the work of uh, Josh Pearson, our editor and our producer, uh, Joseph Patel, they were really instrumental in making sure that the information and the entertainment weren't in each other's way. So um, it was, I, I thought this was a normal thing because, you know, I kind of want to go balls to the wall with the Sly and the Family Stone documentary. So, <laughs> you know, I thought this was just like a, an appetizer to, you know, what, what's coming up next. Thank you. I can't wait to see what comes up next. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of She Critiques. I'm your host, Mercedes. You can find me on all platforms at Chic Critiques. That's C-H-I-C-C-R-I-T-I-Q-U-E-S. And we look forward to the engagement and all the feedback. Take care.